0: Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Kelly Starrett.
1: And I'm Juliet Starrett.
0: And you're listening to the Ready State Podcast. You
1: got it! it.
0: Hey, welcome everyone. (laughs) I'm sitting here with Juliet and our podcast producer, Lisa. And we're going to do something a little bit different today. We are going to talk about Built to Move. J Star, what is Built to Move?
1: Built to Move is our new book, which is coming out on April 4th, 2023. And it's something we've been working on for over two years and something we are really excited about. Oh,
0: that's cute. Two years. We started to get stalked.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've been working on it for 10 years. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And it's, it's, it's t- been in the mind. It's taken us a long time. Yeah. So what we thought we'd do is something slightly different and that we'd have Lisa. You get to hear Lisa's voice. You can try to imagine that she's a seven foot tall person. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know where you were
2: going with that. Because I am.
0: Because she is. So you're going to hear Lisa and she's got some (laughs) questions for us. We thought we, a little bit of interview, but what we want to do is tee up the reasons, the rationale, why we're, we think this is our best book and why it's maybe the most important thing we've done to date. Is that right? And,
1: And I'd also like to have you guys all shout out to Lisa in the comments, wherever you're listening to this, because... We roped her into doing this with us and she's less excited. Am and,
2: I right on that? Well, yeah. And as you guys can already see, they don't need me
1: at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. It's not true. We need you. It's not true. You need that. And we need your witty banter. That's right. That's right.
0: Okay. So tee us up, Lisa. <clears throat> I'm ready to talk about this thing that I've been living. This re I was going to say hell, but it's not really true.
1: No, it's a, not I'm a
0: stoked. Hell. It, I'm yeah, stoked. It's a heaven. We yeah. actually did versions of this
2: they don't need me guys
0: we (laughs) start we start talking about this like i've lectured about this book to the cia true True fact fact. small
2: fact they can't talk about it though we can't
0: talk about it though. that's actually true to a room full of people named kevin which is really strange smith
2: (laughs) okay well first of all you got to give the people what they want and tell them why btm what does it mean what are you going for
1: Well, I think the title is really important and I think really sums up what we've been thinking about and working on for the last bunch of years. And again, it stands for built to move. Built to move, but we
2: internally call it BTM. And actually Kelly yesterday was like, what's BTM?
1: (laughs) I was like, (laughs) okay, built to move. And internally, the rest of us call it built to move, BTM. BTW, Um, BTM. But I think that that title is really important to us because I think sometimes uh, Kelly more than me, but I think both of us and I think the Ready State we get pigeonholed into this corner of being like the stretching people, the mobility people, and really I don't uh, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that would I don't know why anyone stretched really well. He he is very stretch, stretchy, stretchy. But I think at the core of what we've done and what the Ready State has always done is movement and trying to highlight the importance of movement in our lives and in people's lives. And we think it's sort of this missing pillar of health that's not talked about enough, which is sort of movement and bodily self-care in the form of mobility and other maintenance. Moving vital signs. Movement vital signs. And so, but what we've backed into is realizing that while mobility is a key part of being able to move and move freely for your whole life, there's all these other factors that are equally as important. It's a system of systems. And you've chosen the word
2: like built to. So you're insinuating to all of us that we're supposed to be able to do these things.
1: And why why is this the missing piece?
0: So wait, can I just be off color and off brand for a second?
1: <laughs> I mean, that would not when, be off brand. Yeah, yeah. when when is this ever when has that ever stopped? I too? don't
0: know if I don't know if people really get the unfiltered Kel. You need yeah. a, you, most people get a first pass filter Kel. Mm.
1: And also, who's Kel? I call him Kel all the time. No. No, no. 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 Okay.
0: What, who is it? Kels. Kels. Kelsy. Kels only Z, I can call him
1: that, and it's K E L Z.
0: Welcome to Inside Baseball. So I think we are at. I'm gonna just call peak internet craziness, for lack of a better word, right now. There is more confusion about what it is you're allegedly supposed to do every day, what journal, what color turmeric you yeah, take. What diet you're supposed to follow. What blue blocker glasses you're supposed to wear, how you're supposed to optimize and cut. And what I see is that people are, we see a lot of misplaced precision out there. We're arguing, for lack of a better phrase, one of the f- phrases you'll hear, Juliet, and I talk about a lot in this book is, let's get everyone to base camp. What are the behaviors that a person should do almost every day that all integrate, that fit into your busy life, that allow you to be a hundred years old. And it's not diet and exercise. There's the the punchline. But the real question is if we're arguing about what color rope and which macro best fits my like climbing style as I go up Everest, no one's even at Everest base camp. We need to get everyone to base camp first and then we can have the next conversation, but we've skipped right over that.
1: I think also if you look at all of the health metrics, basically any that you could come up with, like diabetes or obesity rates or ACL injuries, people are getting worse. We're getting less and less healthy. And this, despite the fact that there is this massive amount of easily accessible health-related information out there for people.
0: I just saw that they're spending, the health and wellness industry is a $3 trillion industry right now. So someone's making some money on this thing for sure.
1: Well, and I do think for people like us, who are, have always gravitated towards exercise and health and fitness. And it's already part of our habit in our mm. daily lives. Like we are optimizing and we are getting better and faster and stronger, but we're like the tiniest Wait, little piece speak, of the pie.
0: Speak for yourself there, woman. Well,
1: we're the tiniest little piece of the pie. We're like the one percenters of health and fitness. Like we're definitely optimizing and getting better and making improvements. We're not leaving anyone um, behind. And, and we are you know, certainly a behind. there's a lot of amazing innovations and crazy, awesome stuff happening in professional sports and professional athletics but by and large for basically everybody else
0: in our neighborhood in our neighborhood
1: and all of whom I would say would describe themselves as people who want to be able to like move freely until they're older and be able to do the things they want to do physically and those things are very different that could be like you want to be able to work in your garden or go for a hike with your friends or you know you want to be able to lift weights when you're 70 I mean everybody has really different desires but what they want to do physically when they're older but the common thread is that everybody wants to be able to continue to move and be able to do the things they want to do. And we've really left all those people totally behind.
0: In the fitness industry, yeah. we allege to minister to those people, but we don't.
1: We don't. But even working with you guys, I feel like you've seen a whole
2: bunch of times athletes that are checking all the boxes. They're eating right. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're exercising. They're high-level athletes. But if you ask them, well, what's your sleep data? What What's that look like? And they can't even answer that.
0: Well, you, you come up to a really interesting point is that this book isn't about a set of remedial practices at all, that we're not saying like, oh, there's here's what the our Tour de France cyclists are doing, our world champions, or Olympians, and then here's what the rest of us do. We're talking about the sets of behaviors, and it's the first conversation we have with anyone, whether we're trying to untangle chronic pain or loss of performance. We look at all of these as the first step. Are you appreciating that Your body's a complex system and that if you are drinking a bunch of coffee late at night to get through the day because you're exhausted from your training or whatever, that's going to impact your sleep quality. And then all of a sudden you're leaning on that THC or that Ambien or that alcohol and lo and behold, you get tired in the morning when you wake up and the whole cycle starts over and over again. So we, as we're trying to untangle complex human performance problems, it turns out these are also the base behaviors for every human being on the planet.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I just, I want to just put a fine point on that. I mean, when Kelly goes in and consults with professional teams and professional athletes, like these base camp behaviors, you know, and the CIA, you just mentioned, I mean, these are the base camp behaviors that he's recommending. And what we see is across all professional sports and otherwise like professional athletes and, you know, people who use their bodies for a living and describe themselves using the word athlete, like they're not at base camp. In many cases, they've skipped over and they're doing a lot of elite. Behaviors and they've missed a lot of the behaviors in base camp, a lot That's of right. the vital signs.
2: And I think it's a, it's important to bring up that this isn't like a theoretical idea that you've come up with for the book. You know, when we see Kelly bring in someone to the cube, he doesn't start looking at their knee.
1: Yeah, he doesn't start doing he like asks manual them a therapy. Half
2: hour of questions on their lifestyle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In fact, one of the things I think you and I couldn't do in becoming a supple leopard and some of the early work is that we had so much ground to cover. People didn't know how to take care of themselves at all. They didn't know how to manage pain. They didn't know what was normative range of motion. They couldn't apply movement theory. They couldn't apply movement principles to understanding how to run better, jump better, et cetera. And so I think even Supple Leopard is 500 pages of movement mechanics, movement theory, but it's there's a heart missing in the leopard. And that heart is how do I live day to day that isn't my training piece? What is it, How do I take care of my body? And do we need another diet book or exercise book? Probably. <laughs> we're going to get one for sure. <laughs> I don't know if we uh, there's going to be anything that new and innovative in the next decade or so. What we're going to see is continued iteration where we have to think about the behavior of people in their lives and how we can help them integrate good practices into the the workings of their daily lives. And I think that's one of the magic pieces that we've come up
1: with. Well, and I think just just quickly to add to that, we decidedly are not Writing an exercise book. I mean, that was the goal, even though we are lovers of exercise and we do it on the regular and we have our very basic recommendations.
0: Tell people the truth. It's how you and I cope.
1: Yeah, we um, exercise is probably our coping mechanism and we're gym rats. And I think it goes back in many generations (laughs) of people in our families who need to move to cope. You touched on it a little bit, but by saying that we're obviously as a culture,
2: not getting any better at lots of things. But why now? Like, why was this the perfect storm where you guys, as busy as you are, could write a book Mm -hmm. and are
1: tackling this ridiculous task? I think there were two big things that happened. I mean, one of them was just practically speaking that we used to um, own a gym and run the ready state at the same time. So we were running two businesses. And I think part of it was just that you can't do everything and we're two humans. I don't don't know who needs to hear this, but
2: Juliet obviously needs to hear I definitely need
1: to hear that. But so, you know, we were running two businesses for a really long time and I think um, we'd written other books and it definitely was, it was a lot. Um, So we closed down our gym during the pandemic, but I think the second big thing was the pandemic itself. I think that really showed us in very stark terms as a culture and society that we were very ill-prepared to do basic things to take care of ourselves. And I think, you know, people saw that. We were quarantined, stuck at home. People lost, you know, people already weren't moving enough. And then, you know, we're stuck in their houses and apartments and moved less. People gained, what, less. five to
0: 15 pounds or yeah, something? Yeah, there was
1: a lot of weight gain, can obviously I, massive amounts. Can I put amounts a Dune quote in here? Of, yeah. <laughs> depression. Don't Do it.
0: <laughs> Don't. Don't. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so there's a scene in Dune, you may know this, where young boss put his hand in the box, right?
1: Can I just tell you that? Unfortunately, most people don't know this.
0: I'm telling you now.
1: We three do. Okay. We three do.
0: So there's a scene where he's being tested, and she basically makes him think that his hand is burning off. And the crux is is if he doesn't have his consciousness to keep his hand in the box. He just pulls it out like a reflex. She's going to kill him. So he just has to stand there, and if he's he's in control of his emotions, he'll be able to just take it, right? And it's all mind control. He pulls his hands in the box. It's totally fine. And she says our test is crisis and observation. And that is the whole aspect of Dune is that she tested him <laughs> and lo and behold, he was able to be human enough to be able to have the skills and the self-control and the self-discipline not to pull his hand from the box. What you're just describing was the pandemic where we saw real crisis being applied to people's lives where everything is turned upside down. They're trying to manage and we did not have a set of behaviors in place where people knew what to do and could easily default to them without lots of instruction, without lots of money, a a tonal or a Peloton in your thing was nice, but that doesn't scale, right? Food delivery and food prep doesn't scale. What we saw was that we saw the reaction, crisis and observation. The observation to your point was, man, we have really poorly prepared people to be human beings in the modern world.
2: Fact, true
1: fact. And I I would just like to add for those of you who are actually still listening to this, um, you don't know already, Kelly is in a Dune encyclopedia and actually left to his own devices, he would just go become a Dune professor. And if you haven't
2: had a chance to see bad lip reading, Dunt, Kelly and I are jealous of you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Lisa and Kelly have watched the Dunt it's a YouTube just say, video, right? I it's, it's, a, it's a bad. Do you think um, during that? I
0: just want to say to both of you, we, you're what heaven drips.
1: Are we okay? going to be um, linking this in the show notes of this? Obviously, okay. Okay, so I
0: think the other th- elephant in the room. So we have, we see that we're living through a crisis, and we're watching people cope in the strategies that they have. They're reaching for alcohol. They're reaching for TV. They're trying to self-soothe. And you and I have really gotten very clear about what well, we're like, hey, these behaviors are coping behaviors. They're trying to make yourself feel better so you can go deal with these stresses, right? The other thing that I think is worth talking about is, I don't take this the wrong way, World three-time world champion, superstar, CrossFit Games athlete. You, um, That's you, Julia. That is you, Julia. <laughs> you weren't ready to write this book in your 30s.
2: But or even in your 20s. No,
1: I think that's a really good point. I mean, in our 30s and our 20s, we were trying to be radical. When I met you, you were just go hard in the paint. Go hard in the paint. Consequences be damned. Yeah, con- yeah um, exactly. Con- eh. yeah. Yeah, we were.
0: A little more focused towards performance. I think,
1: yeah, I think our whole,
2: performance. How hot can we get this? Performance paint. Yeah,
1: Yeah. but I think that's, I mean, I think you're exactly right. Like we were just trying, our focus was athletic performance. Our focus was on working with elite athletes and high performers. And man, I mean, we, I think it's because we're both approaching 50. We have made a total and complete shift and sort of our, the way we think about our bodies and our life. And we're really starting to look to the future to be like, what do we want to be able to do? And the word we've come up with, that we're huge fans of because we are not fans of the word longevity is durability. Yeah. Tell us what that is, Kels.
0: Durability is the idea that you are a really robust, extraordinary human that's self-healing and bad stuff's going to happen to you. You're going to step off a curb. You're going to pick something up heavy. You're going to get hit with a nasty disease at some point in your life. It's Something is going to happen. You're going to go through unbelievable stress and a durable person can withstand that additional stress and gnarliness in their life and not lose track of the narrative. And that narrative is, you know, I I can still be a member of my family. I can still keep my job. I can still be a good partner. I can still be a good parent. That's what we're talking about. And we feel like now, I think now you and I have come through, I've come through a surgery in the last couple of years. You've had some trauma. and uh, Just a bit. Just a bit. Touch of the cancer. Just a little bit uh, touch of the cancer. You know, what I think is that one of the things that became very clear is our experience on the other side of that looked very different than other people coming in or having a similar experience. And some of that is this happens to be our job. So we're, we're quite good at it, but also we went in with the longest run up. Like when I had my knee replaced two years ago, almost two years ago, the surgeons have been really kind of blown away at my outcome. And I'm like, do you know how long I trained for this? <laughs> I've been trained for this surgery for so long. In fact, I almost overtrained because they had a hard time cutting my bones. <laughs> right They couldn't cut my femur very well. They went through three saw blades. We saw the video, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the smoke. I coming declined.
1: Out. I'll be honest, I declined to watch it.
0: but that my point is, man, bone density is something done yesterday, and we have been jumping rope and loading for a long time, and I, I think what ends up happening is people believe that these practices are super complex that you have to have a high degree of education to do it. But you and I have really come to realize in our reasonableness that there are a whole bunch of things that you can do every day that work into your busy schedule. So it's not another laundry list of stuff you have to do as a busy mom, you know, working single dad, that you can do these things and it's not diet and exercise. So if you don't like dieting, we hear you. We don't either. If you don't like exercising, I don't understand you, but I respect that. And that's not what this book is about.
2: But I think you bring up an interesting point about your surgery and your cancer experience.
1: Thank you. I think that's um, a good way of saying it.
2: Where you guys just really had a lot of health built up in the bank. And people looking in on that were like, well, I couldn't do that because I'm not, I couldn't heal like that. Mm. I couldn't be back so fast because I'm not like you and I'm not this. And, you know, looking at that, it was kind of, I was a little offended on your behalf.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, actually a lot of people said that to me. They're yep. like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, you really healed quickly. Cause like one of the things I was so excited you're about. You're just like a mutant. or something. Yeah. I was so excited because I was able it. to do like, I had like a total breast reconstruction and six weeks later I did like two pull-ups, which was, they were, you know, but whatever I did two pull-ups, which means I was able to put my arm overhead, move my body weight. And that was a cool accomplishment for me to have. But around that and just around my recovery generally, I had, a lot of people say to me, wow, I mean, you really recover so quickly, but I mean, you know, you're obviously just like special or something. Like genetically different. Genetic- Can rest, I just right? step, and like, step and in and say horse crap? Yeah, well, that's that's the point. Yeah, but you know, just yeah. like I literally am li- like... Healing is healing from trauma and nobody is better at it than anybody else. The yeah, we, only we difference say... is that I had, you know, a lot of credits in the bank. You know, I I lift weights. I have some muscle mass. I have, I've already developed a practice of movement. So it's natural for me to move. I know how to eat well. I prioritize sleep. Like there's just these really basic things I do. None of them are rocket science, but I think you're right, Lisa. It's like all about, I had a bunch of money in the bank of health before of I went into these things. That uh, you could
0: define. Def- yeah. I could default default to to these habits. In times of stress.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't wasn't like a new thing you had to like start doing. When you're trying to make your way in times
0: of change, you- uh, (laughs) I
1: think the other thing too, and I think this is why the the title built to move is so important too, is that I think one of the things, you know, and this is surgery specific, but one of the things that, and I understand why doctors tell people to like not move and protect, 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 because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're- they're construction workers and they don't want people to fall or have challenges and they have to redo surgeries or whatever. So I understand where doctors are coming from. But I also know in my own experience that the only way to really recover well from surgery is to move, 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 like keep moving. And, and when I and say, when
0: you say that, that could be squatting to the couch. Yeah. It can be well, walking, when, sitting on the floor. That's yeah. what we mean by moving. You need to move more.
2: And yeah. soon after surgery – you know everyone having breast reconstruction is like oh i can't lift my hands up by my head but i saw you out in the outdoor gym slowly
1: yeah. putting a dumbbell up it was like a one pound dumbbell yep. but it was mo- like it was just slow yeah. no slow. speed involved and the other thing is i'm like hey i have i did have breast reconstruction surgery but my legs are fine I can walk. Right. And I think this is a weird thing that happens to people. They have these surgeries and they're like, oh, okay, I had surgery. So, and my doctor said six weeks. So they legit lay, lay in, bed in bed for six weeks. I'm like, no, 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 your legs worked. Or if you had a knee surgery, like yeah. your arms work, you can you, go do stuff with your arms. You like, either
0: heal at the rate of a human being yeah. or you heal slower. I think mm-hmm. that's what people, so if someone's like, you're a fast healer, you mean like, like I got human fast?
2: You got human fast.
0: I don't have any snake You're blood. Genetically just salamander genes. Snake mind. Snake mind. So uh, you have warf body. Snake body. The idea is.
1: <laughs> What's that from again? Jojo. Oh. Yeah.
0: So the key here is, if you can begin to understand how the processes of your body interact, I think that's the problem. We get an incredible book on sleep from Matthew Walker it's a great book on sleep. We get great books and ideas on nutrition, but people don't know A, how to f- put the pieces together into a cogent whole, and they don't appreciate how all of the things interact together into a system. Being barefoot and working on your feet improves your balance. Proving your balance means that your, your brain will be like, hey, you don't have to be afraid to go hike or step on this bicycle. Because you're walking more, you accumulate enough non-exercise activity that you want to sleep. And then you sleep better because you walked more, but you also decongested your tissues so that you, you have healthier tissues. I mean, I've answered this question slightly differently over the years, but you're like, Kelly, what are you most afraid of? And, uh,
1: B- Are you going to actually say what you're most afraid no, of I'm or gonna, you're going to offend Wait, someone? Uh,
2: uh, I, your feelings? <laughs> yeah, feelings used to be one thing.
1: <laughs> That's exactly it, least.
2: I mean, your feeling. Welcome, you're feeling. <laughs> welcome to my
0: life, everybody. I go to work with my wife and my sisters um, <laughs> who happen to be my best friends. The thing I'm most afraid of now as a like aging man who has like whose brain says go all the time is that I'm going to rip my Achilles off or I'm going to pull a quad tendon or destroy my biceps. I see that all over like the number one worst injury right now the sport is pickleball. It is causing more weird arm injuries I've ever seen in any other sport. Why? Because middle-aged guys are like I don't play tennis but pickleball and they rip their biceps off or they tear their Achilles. It's insane. It used to be basketball, now it's pickleball. But people understand the way that you manage a healthy achilles as you load it all the time like i do a little jumping every day i eat food with collagen in it i eat fruits and vegetables i sleep like those are the behaviors around having tissues that will last a long time i don't i think we're seeing a whole bunch of adaptation errors in the body where You can get away with things for a long time until you can.
1: Well, and I would also add, I mean, we've talked a lot about the lifestyle pieces of build to move, but I think the other key piece, and it wouldn't be a Star at book without without it, is look, like if you want to be able to move and do the things you want to do at any age, um, and obviously what you want to do will change as you age and your desires will change, but you do have to put a little input into your body. And ideally you do that before you get injured. I mean, I think this has been one of our biggest challenges in our own professional lives is, you know, how do we get people to care about taking care of their body until they get injured? And I mean, many people will just wait until they're injured, but man, there's some super simple things you can do that don't take 20 minutes a day, that take 10 minutes a day to put a little sort of money into your like tissue bank of your body so that you can go play pickleball and not rip your bicep off of your arm. But but I still think,
0: and unfairly, a lot of the reasons and rationale for why people should be doing something are couched in. Like for me, I'm like, hey, I don't want to injure myself. But that's not really what it is. It's that I want to continue to be able to do Do what I want to do when I want them, however, at a high level for a long time. And I think what we're saying here is to be durable means that you can go spend a lot of credits out in the wild for the back half, back two-thirds of your life. You know, you and I, right now, we have a family member who's 101 in our lives. We have a mother-in-law who's 101. and um, I
1: think she's not a grandmother. Grandmother-in-law.
0: In-law. Yeah, grandmother-in-law.
1: Yeah, I was like, wait and, a second. Um, wait a second. We're the, not that the old. That's
0: here. your other
2: family. And
0: she Oops. cruises around, Oops. is very functional. And so you and I are confronted every day with, Wow we have 50 plus more years on the planet. Forget all the radical interventions and fake organs I'm going to get in 20 years, the things they are going to grow for me in a lab. We and I are confronted with the fact that, like, what do you want to be able to do for a long time? And it turns out, I've worked really hard in our lives to get to this point where we're just starting to play. We're about to punk out our little kids and kick them out to college. And you and I are like, let's go hike, let's go bike, let's go boat. And I want to be able to do all those things.
1: Fact. And I think it doesn't matter if you even want to bike or hike or CrossFit or whatever, you know, the things that we like to do, like, I don't care who you are. Everybody wants to be able to like move through their environment. And pain free. That's like go to the playground with their kids grandkids or go for a walk with their friends. I mean, everybody has movement goals when they're older or live independently or oh, yeah, that's independent huge. living goals. Totally. I mean, we all have those goals. And the key to that is movement. You're in the sniff the moment you can't move around anymore. You
0: can't get up off the ground. Boom. You're in a skilled nursing facility. Yeah. That's a really good point. And the other come back to Lisa's point though, is if you are a high performer, this book will still speak to you. In fact, one of the reasons we wrote this is that we felt like people became the nodes of change in their communities where they became the health, they, they got some consciousness. They started exercising They started eating a little differently. People were like, well, dude, your skin looks great. Or your eyes look clear. How'd you lose all that weight? And all of a sudden, your eyes look clear, keep up. <laughs> and all of a sudden, That person becomes the node. And what we wanted to do was write a book that this person could give to every family member who's not a diet. Like, oh, I could never do.
1: You mean giving out a 500-page movement and mobility textbook may not be the best gifting book?
0: People don't know that the next edition of Supple Leopard will have a percussion tool built in and a scraping tool and a... An I don't have a handle device.
1: because you have to carry it around with yeah, a handle like case. a kettlebell because it's so it heavy.
0: plug it in, and char- charge it. because by it,
1: that point it will be twelve hundred pages long. It'll be
0: hot. You put it on your back, but the idea is, imagine if can if so with it, <laughs> just with the book. Yeah. It's like a kettlebell yeah. but a book. You strap it on. So if um if someone that's a different kind of book. If someone went to their doctor, went to their their nurse practitioner, and said, "Hey, I really want to get off these blood pressure medicine. Where do I begin?" The conversations cannot, do not happen in the hospital, in the doctor's office. We have to meet people in their homes, in their places of work. And that's the place where we're going to see a health revolution. Otherwise, it's going to be more the same.
2: Fact. And just helping people understand that you can take a lot of control of your health that has nothing to do with seeing a doctor if you've got a little pain in your knee. And I think you need to eat more bananas.
1: um, I know we need to wrap this up, but I think the point I'd like to make and I cannot emphasize is one of our huge goals with this book was to show and give a lot of examples about how accessible these practices can be in a busy life. And that's, you know, people with little kids and full-time jobs and because I think, care of family members. I do think some of the perception, which probably isn't totally a correct perception, but I think the perception that the internet gives us is that a lot of people that are in our space in the health and wellness space that we just, you know, work out six hours a day and, you know, are in our sauna and ice bath and maybe Optimize we, send, the you know, maybe we send two emails and we do a lot of meal prepping. Um, but what we, we really wanted to show is that like we're really a lot like most people. We spend most of our days in front of the computer at an office in a non not very glamorous way. And we really wanted to show people how you can, A lot of the habits we're suggesting here can be really added in to your life without a bunch more time. It's really almost just a different way of thinking about the time that you do have. Stars, they're just like us. Yeah, well, I do think
2: that's an interesting point because you guys talk a lot about how much health you do have in the bank and what you've been doing your whole lives to prepare for all the things you want to do. But it's not too late for anyone. don't oh, know. So no. Start with and littlest things. These the behaviors things. are all additive, and it's expand. Who were we just talking to that Perry. said expand?
0: we just want to expand? Like don't have to change. in this diet, no. in this expand. book, we have expand a we have a chapter on nutrition. Yeah. We just think a- is one of our favorite chapters on nutrition of all time. We wrote it. We've had we've consumed every nutrition book and seen every di- fad diet. And guess what? There's not a single thing we tell you not to eat. We just think you're actually not even hitting the basics.
1: I do really like the idea of expanding, though. Versus changing, it's just expanding.
0: Expanding. We're going to expand. So you would say,
1: if I found quaaludes, I could eat them.
0: I would say you would expand <laughs>
1: you found them on in your the dad's drugs basement. you're
0: already taking. And uh, what we're referring to is this person who found a bottle of quaaludes in a grandparent's basement. And we the, the question at the table is... Do you just retire on that day? What do
1: you do? Yeah. Like, what do you do when you find the bottle that says quaaludes? I think nothing else for the rest of your life. Yeah. I think that's it. You've. I, did,
0: I thought quaaludes were a fake thing. I thought that was like a what? thing that you just made up. It's kidding? like from the seventies or sixties. No.
2: What was my Qua- other meme? The only thing I'd use a time machine for would be to go back in time and do quaaludes. <laughs> yeah. But I not
0: like what? I don't even know. I'm still square.
2: We need to find that meme right
1: now. Thanks Lisa. All right. Um, all well, right. Should let's we wrap, wrap this up, up <laughs> by reiterating the book when it's out? Mm-hmm. Um, where you can find it. It is Built to Move, the 10 essential habits to help you move freely and live fully. It's out April 4th, 2023. And um, stay tuned for tons more info in the coming months. you actually months. find
0: it already? The true cover isn't up, but... Uh, no, it's
1: on builttomove.com. But it has a cover that looks like a... Looks
0: a stoic by, uh, dictionary.
2: Yes, it looks like a, a dictionary from the 1800s. That's right. Perfect.
0: Thank you for listening to The Ready State Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, check out all our episodes here or at thereadystate.com. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes to help others find our show.
1: Check us out and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Ready State. Until next time, cheers, everyone.
0: You got it!